0: I am pleased to introduce you today to Ms. Laura Hatch. Laura Hatch is known internationally as the leader in dental front office solutions and training, a keynote speaker, author, and coach. Laura is best known as the founder of Front Office Rocks, a virtual training platform for dental teams that offers virtual training in all areas of the dental office and teaches the importance of exceptional customer service. Using her unique style and interactive delivery methods, Laura loves to help dental teams learn the systems and methods to achieve unprecedented results. Through this work, she has become a mentor to her clients and colleagues. And in response, she has continued to expand Front Office Rocks program with new and innovative training protocol to help take her dentists and their teams to the next level. Laura is the best-selling author of her book, Step Away from the Drill, a member of the National Speakers Association the Speaking Consulting Network, the Academy of Dental Management Consultants, and the Fellow of the American Association of Dental Office Managers. She is an SCN Spotlight on Speaking second place champion, a Dentistry's Got Talent speaking champion, and was named one of DPR's top 25 women in dentistry. It is indeed my pleasure now to bring you to my interview with Ms. Laura Hatch. Laura, it's really great to have you on the show today. So thankful that you could make the time. I know it was really tough for you to schedule because you're busy, 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 more busy than most women I know. So if you can, just tell us a little bit about your story and how you got, fell into dentistry in the first place.
1: Sure, for sure. So I have a degree in human resources and a, and a master's degree in organizational development. So my path was business, you know, corporate. I was a recruiter, I was in sales, I was in management. But I met a guy in undergrad who wanted to go to dental school. And that's kind of how my story started. He went to University of Maryland Dental School while I was getting my master's degree. So we were kind of in unison. I was getting my business degree. He was getting his dental degree. We both graduated. He spent a couple of years as an associate. This is in Baltimore, Maryland. And about three years out of dental school came to me and said he wanted to open a scratch practice. And it made sense. I had business, you be in the front, he'll be in the back, and we'll have this amazing practice. So that's how I got thrown into dentistry. I knew nothing about teeth and numbers. I mean, I quizzed him during dental school, but I knew nothing about insurance codes. And and when we started, there was no internet, there was no Zoom or podcasts or anything like this. So It was literally just getting the magazines and flipping through and trying to figure out how to start a practice and go see the big speakers at that time, Linda Miles and Lois Banta, and just try to learn from the best. And so we opened a scratch practice on the East Coast in Baltimore and then decided to move to San Diego, California. So we sold our practice on the East Coast. And in 2007, we moved to San Diego and I opened a second scratch practice here with him. Very different 2003 to 2007. Different economy, different locations in the country, you know, East Coast versus West Coast, very highly densely populated in Southern California with dentists. So we opened a scratch practice here and very successful fee for service office. From there, I learned that I have an interest in helping our, of course, helping our industry love dentistry. Didn't want to be a consultant, but knew I want to do more than just run our practice. So I started Front Office Rocks about seven years ago, started making videos. And now I do online training to help our industry, because I remember what it was like to start. And it felt like, you know, I don't know what codes are and insurance. and, And I feel like so many dentists feel like they have to hire somebody with dental experience when really we can teach them the dental. Let's hire the right personality. So. So since then, I started Front Office Rocks, and that's the journey I'm on. I'm no longer married to the dentist. I say I'm a recovering dental spouse, but we're in, we're in good terms, and his practice is a couple miles down the street. And now I help industries or dental offices across our industry with training and hiring and cross-training and all the fun stuff that we need to do with our teams. So that's, that's kind of how I got into dentistry.
0: Wow, very cool story. You know, tell us, I mean, you're pretty much a virtual platform at this point, correct? Yeah. And that was always the case for seven years.
1: Yeah. So when I started, I had this idea. I knew I didn't want to go in office. Like I knew I didn't want to be a consultant. I really feel what we're missing in our industry is training. Like that's different, like really training somebody from the first day, training them well. I think the best investment you can make is in your team. And it was right at that edge where people were making DVDs. And so I was tossing around, you know, 60 minute DVDs people would buy. And it was kind of when online education was starting to take off. And I got some really good advice that was, this is the way the industry is going. Shorter videos, online membership based. And so I took the plunge in the right direction. So everything is online membership based on our website.
0: That's awesome. And so a doc can go to your website and get training for every one of their staff.
1: Yep, yep. So we're membership based. So you pay to have access to everything. There's over 300 videos. I mean, we originally started with front office. That's my forte. That's what I love. I'm an office manager, and I didn't think there was enough training in that area. But now it's both front and back, team training. We don't focus on the clinical training, we focus on customer service, verbal skills, systems, kind of the things that keep dentists up at night. It was all of the things that, you know, my ex would rely on me to do, and all the other dentists are like, well, if I only had someone like you to teach my team. And so that's really what we focus on at Front Office Rocks. And what a great idea to have it all online. Is it YouTube? Did you say? No, they're all on our website. So it's a website. Okay. Yeah. And thank goodness now with every, everything's going towards online and I got lucky. I mean, you know, I don't even know who has DVD players anymore, but now it's, it's all on training and it makes a lot of sense, especially with, I focus on the team, right? The, the team members and, a lot of times we can't afford to take our team members to all of the training that's available, or maybe they can't leave because they're single parents or whatever. And so to have access to training when we need it in the office versus having to wait for somebody to come through town or go to a dental meeting, not that that training's not amazing, but a lot of times we need it, you know, right then, like we hear how somebody's handling a patient or a phone call and we know there's a better way. Let's have access to the training right then. So it really has worked out to help help a lot of offices. Oh, that's awesome!
0: You just mentioned, and something that I, I'm always curious about is you got some good advice. So how did you get that advice? You know, you started your own business. It's doing extremely well. I know that from seeing you across the board at, on all. Venues, you know, whether it's meetings, whether it's it's online, you're everywhere. <laughs> what did you do? Did you reach out? Were you contemplating this? Did you hire a business coach?
1: I tend to ask a lot of questions and then go with my gut, if that makes sense. So. I totally get it. Yeah, so I I went and asked, you know, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Got everyone's opinions, you know, got their two cents. So this is the way. I mean, I talked to the very successful dental consultants who are like, no, you have to go in our office. And then I talked to the dentists who are like, we need help now, and how can you help us? And. And then I talk to people outside of our industry. I always try to make sure I go to one or two conferences a year that's outside of dental. Like I go to National Speakers Association. I just went to entre Leadership because I feel like we get too much in our dental bubble that we're not seeing what's out there in the real world. But then I go with, I mean, I made this decision on my gut and I make a lot of my decisions once I've gotten the data based off of what do I feel is right? Because there were a lot of people who told me this isn't going to work. This is not going to work. People are not going to want this. And I knew it would work. I didn't know how big it would be. I didn't know it would grow like this, but I just kind of went with my gut after I did the research and and got some opinions. And I think there's too much of an issue sometimes of analysis paralysis, where you 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 ask so many questions, you never make the decision. At some point you have to pull the trigger and just go, okay, now one of my things for that is, I say 75% of the time I'm usually right. 25% of the time I'm not but then as long as i don't beat myself up the 25% if i learn a lesson from it if i go all right well next time i'll do it this way you know you got to go with your gut at some point especially you know if you're going to if you're going to make a difference in this world or or grow something that you're proud of
0: absolutely positively and you know it's so critically important to listen to that inner voice because basically that's what it is you know the reading i have been doing is Not only does our, you know, the brain has a mind, but our heart has a mind, our gut has a mind, and it all works synergistically for our body. And that's why you get those butterflies or why you get that gut feeling, because the mind is telling you, yes, this is fitting in or it's not fitting in. And I think that, you know, hopefully more and more people will start paying attention to that as we, I think, mature Not spiritually, but just become more aware. Um, I think that we're heading in that direction, especially in this pandemic where we're kind of slowed down and we can think and spend more time introspectively and collaborating, you know, with others. So, you know, I think it's a really important aspect to develop without a doubt.
1: I think it's great. And one of the things that I mean, I'm a big fan of always learning. I mean, I'm talking about education and training, right? So, I mean, I feel like I'm on a continual path of education. Sounds like you are too. Like, just I'm really interested right now in emotional intelligence and I'm really interested in putting words to feelings. And a lot of things I've done over the years have been gut reaction, gut feelings. But now I'm like, oh, when people say, well, explain it to me, I'm like, well, I don't know if I know how to explain that. So, I've got to go figure it out. So, I think. Learning is huge. And, and being open to saying we might not know at all, let's go find people who, who do know and we can grow and learn from that, which is one of the reasons that I go outside of dental at least a couple times a year. to. And when I'm learning about emotional intelligence, I'm going out to the TED Talks and the, the different people who are experts in this area. Yeah. So that's awesome. If I can make a recommendation, there's a great book that Harvard Business Review put together on emotional intelligence. I have it. It's really good. So I'll recommend it. I'm in the middle. It. I'm not a book reader, but I'm in the middle right now. This is my goal to finish how to win friends. You think I would have read this in the years and I've never read it. And I was somebody was saying, you know, this is the original emotional intelligence book. So I'm gonna read that book by the end of the quarantine.
0: <laughs> excellent. 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 So what helped you most to get where you are today? You know, I know that so many of our young women out there, you know, look to us to kind of mentor them and guide them and there are so many young women that would love to have their own businesses like you have done so what's helped you the most to get to where you are today
1: i believe again it's trusting yourself um if you're not trusting yourself then you got to go find the knowledge that you need to trust yourself so for example like i'm not super good with numbers and accounting and i've taken bookkeeping and accounting like six times over the last 20 years because i know that's not my strong suit right so when it comes to like p l's and numbers so i'm always trying to grow and learn in certain areas so you've got to get to a point where you can trust yourself and also know that you know we're always a student so i might not know i mean i don't know how you feel but i feel in my 40s i'm way smarter than i was in my 30s and i'm way smarter just from life experiences and so that excites me to think what are my 50s and my 60s and my 70s going to be like because i'm getting stronger within my own skin and so i think i've I've run into some people who just think they know it all already and they're not willing to say i don't know it all or i need to learn or can i just follow you can i ask you some questions can i get mentored by you so be willing to realize that, you know, I look at my 20 year old daughter and she thinks she knows it all. And I'm like, okay, you just wait till you're 40. Right. You know, and the sooner that you can realize that I think, and say, there are people out there that we can learn from and grow from better. It's going to be for you.
0: Just to to hit that point uh, with a little extra exclamation point. I remember telling my daughter over and over again, just wait till your mom, you just wait till your mom and about uh, 6 months after my son was uh, my grandson was born she came to me and she said, "Okay, mom, you were right. <laughs> I should have understood how much you love a child, but until you experience it, you don't really know, you know. And, you know, when you go through some of those tumultuous times that you have with your teenage kids, and not that I had very many. I was very lucky. She only torched me 3 times and the third time was not pretty and I told her, "Okay, we're not doing any more of this." either get your shit together or you're done. So you figure it out. So she didn't torture me that much, but there is something to say for experience and for growth, right? And progressing in your life and understanding that, yeah, people can be right. And we do know more as we mature than we do when we're younger.
1: And I think not even, and that parenting is a great example, but just I remember, like I said, when my ex-husband was an associate and we were like, we would run this practice differently. We know marketing better than this dentist. We know, and and not that we didn't. I mean, I think this dentist was on his way out. He was retiring. He was kind of, but when you're sitting as an employee under somebody, you're like, I could run this business better. But when you actually have to take on the role as the owner, then you look back and you're like, wow, I get it now, right? There was so much more I didn't know. Uh huh. Exactly. So, I like to look and in, go into every relationship interaction, whatever, even difficult discussion. I teach on this now. Going, what can I? What can I get out of this? What, not what can I win, but what can I learn? How can I grow? You know, like not everything is gonna go great. I mean, I'm a divorced, you know, person. I, divorce was like not in my vocabulary, and that was the hardest one of the hardest things I ever had to go through. And I don't wish it on anybody, but I think I'm better for it on the back end because I didn't it doesn't define me. It's how can I get through this? How can I learn? And I think I've i see a whole new part of of life that I didn't see before because I was living in my sheltered box and never had to go through some hard times. And so so if you can look at it and say this is this is a lesson in life, whatever it is, I'm going to learn from this. I still have, you know, I have bosses back when I was 20 who gave me lessons that I'm like, okay, and I remember those now. And I quote them to my team members. And I'm like, that was a good leader who gave me something that I could take with me the rest of my career. So that's a good segue into the next question. Who's, the, who's made the biggest impact on your life? Um, that's a hard question, actually. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I would have to say if I had to put it to one person would be my dad. He was in the military, 21 years in the army. And he, you know, I think the experience of being in the army, growing up, moving my whole life, he taught me, you know, hard work and determination and trusting your gut and being strong really defined me. I mean, there's the balance. I'm lucky to have my parents and they both were there to raise me, but it would have to be my dad. I think when I'm pretty determined if I'm going to do something, I mean, I'm going to learn a lesson from it if it fails, but it's definitely that. I think the hard work and You know, there's so many people, I think, now that they don't know what hard work looks like. No, you're right. You know, and so sometimes you just have to put your head down and just go, I'm going to make this go right, whatever it is. I mean, especially in the time we're in right now. And if you can do that, if you know you might lose all the money tomorrow, but you can trust in yourself that you can put hard work in to, to get it back, then that's a sense of security that everything may crash around you and you can build it back up. I think that's huge.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and I think too that those lessons, we we should not be afraid to fail because everything that we do is a part of our story. Number one, and number two, it also contributes to our learning and our growth. And there's no reason not to experience that piece too, because I think we develop empathy for ourselves and empathy for others when we've gone through something that is difficult. And we can share that with other people and say, okay, I did this, here's how it came, here's how it ended. I don't want that for you. I would do it like this if I can share that recommendation with you.
1: Yep, and I think that a lot of that is, I went to a female a women's leadership thing last December and I'm not a, a touchy feely kind of, oh, let's sit down and tell me your story kind of a person. And so I went to this going, okay, well, we're gonna see how this goes, right? But what I didn't realize there was probably 50 or so women in our industry there. And I didn't realize everybody has a story. Yeah. And you see, like, I, I mean, I don't know your story and you don't know mine fully, but I see you as a strong, strong strong-willed woman who people follow. And I, and I love knowing you and I love, but I don't know what you've gone through to get here, you know, and to be able to share that and be okay with it. I just think that shows good leadership, it shows good, you know, to tell somebody behind you who's going through something, say, I've been through it, right? Right. It might not be the same, but I've been through something similar and here's some advice or help or just know that somebody has been through it too and you're going to get through it, I think is huge. I couldn't agree more. I think too, one of the biggest things that women have to learn,
0: and I've seen it both ways. I've seen women do well and turn around and help the, the women behind her come and grow with her. And then I've seen other women not help. And I don't think that's okay. I think that we, as, as a group, you know, we need to support one another because there's so many areas, you know, I'll just speak on my own behalf. You know, there's so many areas that you mentioned not having a strength in math. I don't have a strength in math. And, you know, when I did my MBA, if I didn't have my daughter to help me because she was a, a finance major, if I didn't have my daughter to help me, I don't know if I ever would have survived that class, you know? But that is not my forte. And so, you know, as a leader, we can hire people for those areas in our lives, right? And so as long as you acknowledge what your strengths and weaknesses are, you can help get people to help you and support you in those areas and give you the guidance that you need to help. So, you know, I, there's always a way to solve every
1: single problem. We just have to be ingenious enough to figure it out. Right. One of the things I did early on when we owned a dental office that I stick to and would still do is I always put smarter people around me in the areas. that I Totally agree with you. So anytime we had to make a decision, I'd, I'd have the accountant and the lawyer and the insurance broker and the, and I'd let them battle it out. And when they all came to an agreement on something, that's typically the way we would go. Because I'm like, if all of these experts in their area that I trust in their areas, figure it out, then I'm going to go with that. And so I think getting smart people around you, people who like, I know my team, my team is way smarter than me when it comes to 99.9% of everything we do at Front Office Rocks. I just know what it's like to be sitting at that desk when that patient walks in and you have to handle a certain scenario. And so I just give that and then they make it all look beautiful and pretty and get it out there to our members and all of that. So having people around you that are smarter than you in whatever area, that's a good thing. Without a doubt. I know that
0: Chuck Blakeman's, spoke at that meeting in January at Jumpstart 20 with us that that we were at together this year. He's like
1: 17 years ago now, right? (laughs) I know it
0: does feel like that. And it was only a few months, but you know, a lot's happened in those couple of months, hasn't there? But I will remember, you know, one of the things that I know him um, know about him is that he does say all the time, you've got to have outside eyes on your business without, you know, you just got to have outside eyes in your business. Yeah. What's a big obstacle that you have overcome that you're most proud of?
1: Well, let's see.
0: (laughs) There seems to be a couple.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, going through, I mean, we said, let's put out there, going through divorce was super hard for me. I mean, I was married for 22 years. I figured once you hit 20, it's all downhill from here. I was so in a box that I still remember when it was like, okay, this is happening. And my therapist said, well, what do you like to do in your free time? And I was like, I, I don't know. I've been a mom and a wife and a running a dental office for 20 years. I don't know. And I remember the first time I was cross-stitching, my kids came home and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I used to cross-stitch. I'm trying things, right? So realizing that life, I mean, we're going to do the best we can and life has what it's going to be and you just have to kind of go with it. So that was that was huge for me. I think the other thing is, is realizing that it's okay to rely on others that you just can't do it all. I think there's so many, especially dentists, female dentists, at least the ones I met are very type A. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to be a good mom. I'm going to be a good dentist. I'm going to be a good leader. I'm going to, I'm going to get through dental school and there's, and that's okay, but you're going to burn yourself out really quickly. And so realizing that taking care of yourself and getting through what you need to get through is, is super important. And That was kind of what got me through everything, you know, to where I feel like I'm in the back end and who knows what life's going to bring me next, right?
0: Right. And you're already engaged. So it's a fabulous thing. And obviously you guys look so happy together. So I'm really excited for you. So congratulations
1: for getting on the other side. Thank you. And then again, it's one of those things that, like I said, I wouldn't wish this on anybody going through it. And my life is amazing now, but it took a lot to get through it and to realize, okay, there's lessons to be learned and there's things we can get from this. And, and I can help other people, um, with that now because I've, I've experienced it, you know, I've known, and not everybody's, everybody's story is different, but if you can take bits and pieces from everyone that you, or that's around you, that's been through something, it's going to help you get through it.
0: The one thing that I remember adamantly saying in in my divorce is I don't care what we have to do. Courtney comes first and, you know, we are never going to fight about her with her in front of her ever. And you can be angry because I was the one that, that asked for the divorce. And I said, you can be angry all you want, but you know, the bottom line is we have a child together. I love her. You love her. We, we both have done an amazing job parenting her. We can't let this fall apart right and to this day i went to his wedding his anniversary was yesterday his first anniversary was yesterday went to the wedding with with my significant other and we're one big fat, happy family we all get together for the holidays
1: it's just fabulous so actually funny. my ex just texted me and he said my lawyer is just shocked at or my accountant because we're working out taxes and my accountant is just shocked at how good you guys are at being divorced right but we had the same thing. It was like, we had the dental office to figure out. We had the practice. I mean, it's his practice, but I ran it. I mean, I, you know, I you contributed. Yes. We had all that plus the kids. But I think if you both pick a target that you both agree on, I think that was great what you said. Like we both love the children, you know, we're for my ex and I we're both in this industry. Like we're going to cross paths tons. He's a dentist. He's a trainer. I'm a dentist. I'm working in the dental industry. So, I mean to to carry around anger or negativity that it's not going to suit you it's much better to find a way to agree on something you can agree on you love your children you you know you love what you do and then you know work out the details around it exactly and I do think it's important for everyone
0: to see that you can make that work and that you can get beyond what the issues are you know, it's not that you don't love them anymore. You just love them in a different way, you know? And so, you know, I think that, you know, I want to wish him well. I want him to be happy. And that's why I celebrated his wedding with him because I wanted him to be happy. I didn't want him to be miserable, but I didn't want to be miserable either. So, you know, I think we're both really happy today and we're on the other side. So it does work out if you have to go through it.
1: And it's one of those things, if you can remember your kids, that's still your kid's parents. Like that's their mom or their dad. So, you know, you don't want to make this difficult. I and mean, it's hard. Divorce is hard enough on kids, you know, so hard. So to the more we can support to, to do that, the better. So, so yeah, that was probably my biggest. I'm glad I'm through that chapter of my life, but yeah, probably one of the biggest ones. All right. So when you reflect
0: back on your younger self, and I know you said you moved a lot. Do you think you are as confident? Because, you know, when I watch you and i see you speak and i see you you know the way you portray yourself i see you as a very confident woman but were you always that way and if not how do you think that you developed
1: confidence and got to where you are today it's funny when you say that because my team always says that to me too. i don't feel like i'm that confident i feel like i still feel like i second guess myself i i don't know i, I make sure that everybody is okay with what I'm saying or a decision. Like an example, like the other day, I have a group chat with my whole team and I gave one person a compliment. She's doing an amazing job. And I, I made the comment. And then about 30 minutes later, I had to go back on. Cause I felt like because I made, gave her the compliment, I made the other ones mad. I haven't complimented them. And so then I felt like I had to go compliment everybody. And I'm like, this is just silly. Right. So did you acknowledge it? I did. I said this is really goofy. I just want you guys to know. I wanted to give her a compliment, but then afterwards, I've been sitting here thinking, "Do the rest of you think you're not getting a compliment?" And I guess that's it. I'm the compliment I get the most is I'm the same person on stage as I am when you meet me. Yeah. I'm the same person with my team. I'm this. I. I'm just take me or leave me. So I guess my confidence in that regard is. I mean, I don't consider myself the best dental consultant out there. I don't consider myself the best. I just, I know my stuff and I'll tell you my stuff and I'll talk to you, but I won't try to compete with anybody. I won't try to out, you know, these numbers are right and that consultant's wrong, or this is how you should run your practice. I have an opinion. I believe myself. I trust myself and I'm the same person on stage or off or when you meet me or whatever. So I have a confidence in myself, I guess I would say. I don't know that I have a confidence in knowing all the answers, but I'm willing to say that. Exactly. That's a key point, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I'm willing to say, you know, I mean, and a good example of this is just my dad. He's very opinionated and I will not talk to him about religion or politics or now COVID. Like I won't, I won't talk to him about it because he wants to battle and I don't want to battle. I'll tell you my opinion, but then if you want to go into a battle, I don't want to do that. Like I don't, I'm not that strong willed about one thing or another. I'll, you know, so I'm just, I don't know. I guess that's my thing is just being confident in just being me. Take me or leave me. I don't, you know, if you don't like it, that's okay. But I find that most of the time, I think I'm sure there's people out there who are like, oh gosh, I can't stand that girl. That's okay. We're all going to have that. There's going to be people out there that don't like any one of us, you know, that's fine. That's so true. But do you find that you were, you were like this when you were young too and that you haven't really changed much? Yeah. Yeah. I've been. Wow.
0: Isn't that interesting? That's great.
1: Yeah and again I think that comes from the military. In the military you're either the new kid on the block or you've been the one there and you're going to be moving soon and you know what it's like. So I make friends fast. I don't I don't make really deep friendships, right? I know a lot of people, but I don't because I think I've, you know, you and I might meet and only be friends for like a year and then it's your turn to move. And so because of that, I just I make lots of friends easily and I know lots of people and and I don't get into deep discussions and stuff. And I have a few really, really, really good friends. But other than that, it's yeah, I think it's just the way I was brought up and how you had to learn and adapt. And I was an only child. I don't know if that has. something. Ah, to do with yes. That. Yes. I think it does make an impact. Yeah. So I guess moving around my whole life and with my mom and dad and being an only child, just kind of, yeah, it's just sort of the way I've always been. Hmm. Interesting. I want to go back to
0: your team talk. What did your team tell you after you were honest about
1: how you were feeling? They actually build me up more than I build myself up. So they, you know, they were like, it's fine. And we're, we, I mean, I get so many compliments. I feel like I'm like an ego thing. I get so many compliments from them that it's not that I'm looking for them, but they're like, it's fine. It's okay that you felt this way. I, they do like, I know that they like that I'm very open book i don 't guard i don 't i don't fluff up I, I just say how things are, and because of that we 've talked about this a lot like nobody's surprised before they get let go on my team. you know if you're about to get let go i 'm actually doing i 'm writing a book right now on hiring because part of hiring is being okay to fire like you have to you have to be okay with firing and there's so many i 'm writing this for small business owners because there's so many dentists that I know that just are so afraid to fire that they they 're afraid to hire the wrong person, and so because of that i 'm very I'll just tell my team what I'm thinking. And I tell them all the time, like, you're not going to get a call one day and says your job's over because you would have known that already. I would have already told you that three or four times. Like, it would be your decision at that point that you're no longer employed here because I've given you enough chances to fix whatever it is you're doing. So I think they appreciate that about me. I mean, they were really supportive of it. You know, they were laughing at me, I think, too. You know, just like, come on, Laura. Like, we know you better than that. But it just felt good, especially right now. I mean, with everything we're going through, I mean, I've seen so many, I'm so not happy with so many dentists and team members out there right now on social media about the bad communication and the leadership and I'm due or dentists just lay people off without even, they haven't, there's some dentists who haven't even checked in with their team members. It's been two months. There There are dental offices who haven't connected with their patients. It's like we are in a time right now, if we're not learning a lesson about communication and and staying in touch. I mean, I know we physically can't be in touch, but we can, I feel stronger with my team and my family, my kids right now than ever. And this is a great time to learn about communication and leadership and culture and bonding and all of that, right? This is a good time for dentists, I think, to to really learn from this. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't
0: agree more. This is an opportunity for us to to really take charge as leaders. And if you're not, you're going to feel the the brunt of that on the other side. I know that many practices aren't going to survive just because of the impact that this is going to have on them. You know, both financially and emotionally. You know, I have seen a lot of angst from different team members uh, concerning the dentist They're not communicating, or you know, rushing back in. Well, we're not rushing back in. We have a financial responsibility and a patient responsibility. You know, many of these patients are, you know, falling apart, especially if you've started work. And, you know, the bottom line is they can't be in temps for much longer because, you know, we run the risk of uh, of breakdown and it won't be anybody's fault. We couldn't practice. But at the same time, you want, you know,
1: it's do no harm. That's the oath we took, you know, do no harm. So we have to get back to work. Well, and I think this is the time to be, I, I have a lot of team members asking me like, what script should we say? What word verbal skills should we say? to Be real. Like, I think it's just be real. It's a great time for a dentist to say, this is where we are. This is what I'm concerned about. This is what scares me. This is what motivates me. This is what I want. And have the team members say, this is what I need. Or I like honest communication is and you know but if there's that's a sense of vulnerability like I said early on like you have to be willing to say okay I'm wrong or I didn't do that right right dentists can say I didn't handle the first month right like I but I'm going to commit to to fixing that and improving or whatever and team members same with you but it's it opens up that vulnerability you have to be willing to say I was wrong or I'll get better or I'll fix that we don't know it all i mean nobody knew nobody knew we would get in this scenario. There is no playbook on this. Nope. So it's the perfect time to say, you know what, reboot, let's just start over and let's do it the right way this time. And I'm sorry are two
0: great words to just say, I'm sorry, you know, and not be, not be afraid. So who in dentistry inspires you? Oh boy. That's, um, let's see in dentistry. Um, well, you can go outside of dentistry too, if there's somebody else, but I would love to know in dentistry.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to say it's not probably what you expect it to be because it's not anybody super, it's literally the receptionists and the dental assistants and the front office team members that I meet when I go out and speak, the ones that are really trying hard for their dentists. I just want the dentist to know like, there are amazing team members. And if you would just connect with them, learn, you know, communicate with them, have meetings, tell them your dream, talk to them that's what inspires me every day like it's really hard to do virtual for me because i do me talking on a computer right but somebody hopefully three months from now is going to hear this and maybe this will make an impact and then when i can meet them one day when they're like i heard you on this podcast and what you said made a difference that's what keeps me going that's what because i just we're in the best industry i love dentistry i mean I got into it because i was married to a dentist so i didn't have a choice i mean he was going to pick that or mechanics so i'm really glad we went dental. But what we do is huge, right? We, it's, I mean, we change people's lives. We help people yeah. live longer for, live a better life. So I want people to love dentistry from the very first day. And when I can meet that, I mean, I have a, somebody I met recently, well, six months now or so ago, she's an office manager, but she started as a receptionist and she learned everything about dental from me and from Front Office Rocks. And now she's an office manager at their second location and she's training all these team members. I'm like, that's it. That's, that's, it. that's- the way, yeah. That's it. That's what I love. Right. Mission I think, accomplished. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's my way to get back to the dentists in the dentistry is just to be able to like, let me help you get people to love what they do, especially in the front. Cause we didn't grow up wanting to be a receptionist in a dental office. Like we didn't grow up wanting to be an office manager, dental assistants, maybe, you know, hygienists for sure. Dentists like you guys, thought about it. You know, you made the conscious decision to do this, but a lot of us just stumbled into it in the front. And so to give that back the ability to help them learn and grow and love what we do is super fun and super awesome. That is why I call it the women in dentistry,
0: because there's so many women on our team. It's not just the dentists. And, you know, there are some women out there rocking the world in every area of dentistry. It's industry, it's, you know, front office, back office, dental assistants, dental hygienists, they're all making a difference and they're all choosing things in their lives to help support the field in in whatever shape or form that ends up being. And it's an amazing to see, you know, people expanding outside of their square box in their realm and doing more and being more and expanding their horizons. I'm really excited about where the field is going today. I I do think that we are in a better position today than we were pre-COVID-19. I think there's going to be a lot of expansion. I think, you know, artificial intelligence is going to
1: expand what we do. So many things are on the horizon. I am really excited about the future. I agree. And I have to just do a shout out for women. I'm going to put women moms out there because I know my team, I mean, I've got, I think everybody, but one person has kids at home right now and they are helping our members. They're answering the phones. They're sending emails. They got a kid on their lap. They're doing fifth grade math. They're helping their kids graduate high school. Like, like seriously this, we have rock stars and we don't tap into their potential enough. We don't ask enough like what do you think you know i think one of the this is just kind of an issue in the dental office is so many times we drop the problems on the dentist's lap we have a problem we have a problem so the dentist then gets frustrated because there's always problems and they're the ones that always have to solve them well if we could change that and say instead of bringing a problem bring me an issue with three suggestions not only are you the dentist not the only one who has to be the make the decision on stuff But then we can empower our team members to say, and I have three suggestions of how to fix this. And then you just pick one and then let them go. The more we can build our team members to be leaders, the less it's gonna be on the shoulders, the more they're gonna love their job and we're gonna have less turnover, right? There's a whole, I mean, we could do a six hour class on this. Without a doubt. I mean, and that's the the basis of the Ritz Counten training.
0: Customer service training is taking acceptance for your role and what you're doing in, in the hotel and go out there and make a decision. If you spend $600 okay to make somebody happy, that's okay. We give you permission, you know, to just make
1: the decision and do what you need to do in order to make a a customer happy, so. All my team members in dentistry, and now too, if you make a decision to do something, you have every right to make a decision, and if I say to you, why did you decide to do it that way? If you can give me an answer, Then I'll be okay with it. I might change it for next time. I would say maybe next time try this. But as long as you had a thought, like this was what I thought was best for the patient, or I thought it was best for the practice, you thought about it, I'll support you and I'll always support you in front of the patient. I might say, that's great, next time try XYZ instead. But I want our team members to be be able to think. I want them to because now it's literally like coming back from COVID, like. What do we do? I don't know. What do we do? Go ask the doctor. Are we gonna do this? We... we need free thinking leaders that want to develop in our in our businesses, but we need to allow them to do that.
0: You know what? I, I will share a story with you that just happened today. Uh, we were on the phone with some leaders from the Dental Hygiene Association, and you know, they kept talking, well, you know, we haven't heard too much, we don't know what's what's happening with, with the dental practice. Can you tell? And I finally said, you know what, guys, You know, as a trained hygienist for 15 years, you have the accountability of being responsible for yourself. And if you don't have this education, then the onus is on you to get that education. And if your leader, your practice owner doesn't know what to do, well, don't make that his problem. You know what to do. You go out there, get the education and lay out a plan you know, and maybe they just need some help to lay out a plan. Maybe they don't, you know, maybe they're afraid. Maybe they have some health issues that are concerning them. But, you know, figure out a plan. Don't just think that somebody's going to do this for you. I think that's one of the biggest lack of accountability with anyone on my team I really struggle with because I don't want to micromanage you. I don't want to tell you what to do here's what I'm asking you to do, here's the goal, and here's why we're doing it, and now go do it. And you know, bring it back by the time that it's due so that that we can be finished with this project and move on to the next project. So yeah, I really struggle with that piece, but I think we don't take enough accountability for our actions because what we do every day creates our tomorrows and the choices that we make today, if we aren't
1: thoughtful about those, you might not like your tomorrows. Right. Well, one of the things that I'm, I'm feeling, so when COVID first started, you know, I'm not in the practice every day anymore and I didn't have to make, so I stayed quiet for a week or two because I was like, I know everyone's figuring out HR and loans and all that kind of stuff. So, but then I, I started getting overwhelmed myself. Like I started getting stressed in these groups because there's so many what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, and what's this law and how about this? And my doctor's doing this and my doctor's doing that. that it finally got me to a point where I started doing training around this because there's so many what ifs, you can get overwhelmed. If I turn on that news right now, if I watch more than 30 minutes of it, I mean you can find news on anything that's going to get you to think this way or that. So what my mantra is right now, and it's always been that way, but now I'm really focusing on is only focus on what you can control. You got to go out and get the research, right? But and the example I'm using right now is driving a car. So. Like if I focused on all of the things that could happen if I drove a car, so when I get into a car, I know I can control the steering wheel, I can control the seatbelt, I can put it on, I can control the gear I'm in, the speed I go, I can control that. But if I think about the potential accidents that I'm going to have or how other people are driving or construction or where my car is going to break down or any of that, I would be frozen when I got into the car and never drive anywhere. Those are all the what ifs, right? What ifs, right? And that's what's going on right now. Like we don't know some of these answers yet. And you can get so buried in what ifs that it's analysis paralysis, right? Or you can just know with what you control, what you can control and and be in control of that. And I'm sure you've seen the thing that's out right now that we're not in the same boat. We're in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh, we're in the same boat. Well, you know, Boston is very different than California, and a big practice is very different than a small practice. And this, I mean, there's so many variables. Know your boat. Like, know what you can control. Make a decision. If you're a team member who the dentist is a little overwhelmed with the what ifs, then let's help the dentist. But let's come together and know your boat and know how to row it, right? Or know how to drive your car. Because in this time right now, there's so many variables that it can just get paralyzing. I think it really can just. feel the weight of the world on you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Positively. And whatever we can do for ourselves, we can do for others on our team. It only makes it it all better. Exactly. You know, it's all called contribution and whatever you can contribute, you do get back. Plus, I think all this stress, thinking about all the what ifs causes a tremendous amount of waste of energy. And that energy, you need that energy now to just stay centered and stay peaceful and not think about, I don't even watch the news anymore. I don't have cable TV. I rarely put the TV on because I don't want to know. I mean, it's not that I don't want to know. I know, but but I don't want to be fed false information or news that is Debbie Downer all the time. I want to stay as positive as I can and stay as hopeful as I can, because this too shall pass. You know, the industry has been through worse as far as I'm concerned. You know, the AIDS epidemic, I survived that, you know, dentistry survived that. Yeah. We, we were actually touring our clinic today. Oh, this is where all the AIDS patients were treated. I'm like, are you kidding? And they said, no, we just closed the door and nobody else could be around. And I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, but see, Hindsight is 2020, and the same thing is going to occur a year from now, two years from now. Hindsight will be 2020, and we will realize that there's
1: so much that we worried about that was such a waste of time. Exactly. Now, one of the things I'm saying, and this is for a dental practice for you as a person, just in general think back to february what stressed you out in february what in your practice like was it the schedule was it the drama was it the team building was it whatever and in your personal life like what stressed you out in february right now is the perfect time like if you don't come out of this have learning a lesson or doing something about it then shame on you right so now going forward whatever was stressing you out in february we can be making actions to get like for me in February I was trying to lose weight right like I have a wedding in July and I was like so here comes COVID they closed down our gyms and I'm like okay now what right well I'm out there every hour every day in my living room doing a zoom you know workout and so like we can learn from what was stressing us out and do something now to be fixing it and it's not too late you know and this shouldn't be something that as soon as we open everything goes back to normal like What can we be doing to, and you don't have to be the dentist to do this. You can be anybody on the team. A leader is somebody who really, who can see something and get people to follow them. Absolutely. And so go be that leader. Go figure it out. Go learn what you need to learn. Go follow who you need to follow. I mean, there's so many webinars out there and online availability to everybody. Go figure out who's going to inspire you and help you that's smarter than you that you can follow and you're going to have people following you for sure without a doubt without a doubt what is the one thing that people would be surprised to know about you well i gave it all away already let's see i um uh was in the military my dad was in the military um probably that i'm insecure in a way i guess and i'm not an extrovert i'm not i've taken all those personality tests and everybody goes, oh, you're an extrovert, you're an extrovert. And you've, we've met, I'm on stage, I'm, but I'm not literally an extrovert. I'm in the predictive index, I'm a situational extrovert. So if I need to be an extrovert, I will be, but I also love to be an introvert and sit on my couch and read a book. So I would say that is, people are surprised when they hear yeah, that. Yeah,
0: I, I absolutely am surprised by that.
1: And then I've traveled over 20 countries in my life. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And I love traveling. So this is really hard right now because I have been home so much. I'm like literally planning all of my next trips now. So I might be knocking (laughs) on your door in a few months.
0: (laughs) There you go. There you go. Maine always welcomes you. We got plenty of room. So come on by. I would love it. All right. Have you had an aha moment that you realized you were exactly where you were supposed to be?
1: Yeah. And again, it's kind of back to who inspires me in dental. I was at the American Association of Dental Office Managers. Um, I was at their conference. And when I first went in 2012, I didn't know anything about them. I was an office manager. And I was like, oh my gosh, I found the, my people. They understand office managers. And so I'm a huge fan, a huge follower. And then three or four years later, I was actually a speaker at the conference. And we were standing in line. My best friend, you know, Janelle, my best friend works with me, and we're standing in line for food. And I'm holding my bag that says front office rocks on my shoulder and I've got my plate and I'm getting food. And my best friend is paying attention to the two girls behind us. And they're whispering and they're like, that's that company I was telling you about front office rocks. They're the ones that do that online training. That's that company. And I'm not paying attention. And my best friend says to them, are you familiar with front office rocks? And the one girl says, yeah, that's really helped me with my career. And so I'm telling her about it. And so Janelle says, would you like to meet the owner of front office rocks? And they were like, Oh yeah. And and then she taps me and I turn around and I had missed the whole conversation, but she had told me about it after the fact. And that was when I was like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be because I just, I knew what it was like to sit at that front desk when I didn't know codes and there's weird noises coming from the back and smells. And I'd been around dental. I mean, I was married to dental, but. It's different. It's yeah. And so I, I really feel, felt at that point, okay, I'm doing what I wanted to do to help this industry. And I think it helps the, the, the team members and it also helps the dentist because I think there's so many dentists who just, they just want to find the right people. They want to have the right team. Mm-hmm. And there's three ways to it. I think you have to hire the right person. You have to train them the right way. And then you have to make sure you're staying in contact with them in communication. And that's really what I'm trying to do is help dentists get connected with their teams and have team members love what we do for a living. So, you know, I think
0: that when that does happen and and that's how I ran my team, I was very fortunate. I had an unbelievable team, but I think that when that happens, that synergy just skyrockets your practice. So it's so worthwhile for you as a dentist to take the time to sit down with your team, communicate with them, And, you know, understand what their dreams and visions are too not just your vision and your mission statement, but how do you get them involved and support the team at the same time, you know, and help them get to where they want to go? Because, you know, even even team members that moved on from my practice, I always said to them, look, if you're going to a better place, I am so thrilled for you. You know, and that's the way I always looked at it, because if you're expanding your horizons, you're growing and, you know, you want to do more than this and I don't have the room for you, I totally get it. And I I support you and will write you a letter of recommendation along the way.
1: So it's too bad that many don't understand that. Yeah, I think a lot of it, and I talk about this just in general when it comes to running an office, that we have so many offices that are busy. Everyone's busy. You go and what are they doing? And they're busy. Well, what are they doing? Well, they're busy, everyone's busy. And that we don't understand, and I'm doing this triangle because at the top there's the goal. And then in the, between the goal and being busy is the intention. And we have a lot of team members who are busy, not not doing the right things. I mean, they think they're doing the right things. That's how somebody taught them once. But as a dentist, you've never communicated what your goal and intention is, where you want to take the practice. They don't know how they play a part in it. They don't see how they're part of the bigger picture. So we have a lot of busy offices. And if we can, like you said, just start to have conversations and, and why did you become a dentist? Why did you decide to open your practice? Where do you want to take the practice? And then as a receptionist, why do you why do you want to help patients? What is it you want to do with your career? And all of us being on the same page, like you said, we're going to build a I mean, we work more with our dental family typically than we do our own families. Like, but we we get up on Monday morning and we're like, oh, I got to go to work. It's because we haven't built a culture that we're proud of, that we like, that people want to go to. So it starts with the leader. It starts, you know, the team members can help, of course, get the conversation going. And I, I coach team members on that all the time. Sit down with your dentist and ask them, why did they become a dentist? Ask them, why did they open a practice and get the conversation started? Because I think a lot of dentists think we can read your minds and we can't, right? And so let's get the conversation going. We are good at a lot of things, but reading
0: minds is not one of them for sure. And I
1: think you have to, I mean, you, I think in general, a lot of times dentists are, you know, they're very, they're not introverted, but they've got a job. They've got, we understand they got to go do this, you know, you got to put your coat on and go suit up for the patient and give all your energy to that patient. And then when you walk out, you're just like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. Right. So it's a sense of learning. It's a sense of the team helping. It's a sense, but when you know, you can get the team behind you. And you're not having to make all the decisions, and you're not the one carrying the weight of the practice. It's worth that conversation, without a doubt.
0: And I think too, dentists become—you know—we're so used to looking through our loops, and we have our world in this one-inch circle that we become so highly focused that a lot of the periphery we don't even even catch a glimpse of. And if we're not paying attention, you know, that office can go right downhill. In no time, because, you know, you have one bad, you know, staff member in there being buddy, buddy and embezzling your entire, you know, uh, revenue.
1: It's just, it's not going to go well, you know, so we have to pay attention to the periphery i have dentists i know that there's an issue with that because i have dentists my number one sign up day for front office rocks when people are joining front office rocks is typically around a three-day weekend usually on the monday of the holiday and it's usually you know sometime between 12 and 5. i mean like i see a spike in signups and what that says to me is that the dentists are focused on going back to work And they're stressed, so they're online because that's how they find us usually. They're online looking for solutions for their front office team when they should be at the cookout with their family. And so if you're not stressed about doing the crown, you're stressed about if that crown patient's going to show up and if they've paid and if the front office team knows what they're doing. And I talk to a lot of dentists who are, you know, they don't even know how do we bill? How do we interchecks? What are we in network for? Like, and so at the end of the day, it's not your name on the wall. It should be their name and you work for them. And that's backwards. That's completely backwards. And, and not that, I mean, you should know what your team members are doing. The name of, I wrote a book and it's called step away from the drill. Yep. I saw that. Yeah, Specifically to help dentists just understand what should be happening in your front office. I'm not expecting you to know how to schedule appointments or, or enter insurance claims, just like you're not expecting me to know how to do a filling, but I can explain a filling. I can tell a patient the steps of it. I understand the concept. You should understand the concept in the front because I have team members who who are who are quitting all the time and dentists going I have no idea what happens in the front that's a problem this is your business your livelihood this is and this is the perfect time to realize that and say okay we're going to go back and we're going to do it differently we have the we have a reboot switch right and we're rebooting
0: outstanding when you look back you know going back to the days of, of being in your your practice uh, full time Was there a particular marketing campaign that you launched that was extremely successful? You know, I know that a lot of younger dentists, you know, think about marketing so differently than I did when I started my practice that, you know, if there's any guidance I can provide them, I I would love to do that. So is there anything that worked
1: really well for you? It's funny you say that because when I started marketing for our dental practice, it was postcards, right? We would be in at the postcards. I remember I actually... We were so broke when we first started. I went mailbox to mailbox and I slid in these postcards that I had made in the mailbox till the post general called me and said, Postmaster General, you can't do that. Like I was trying to avoid postage and I was like, Oops, sorry. <laughs> so I've learned my lesson for sure. I could tell stories way back when. Um, I'm going to kind of go down a different route. I think, I mean, you definitely have to market your practice and there's a lot of great marketing advice and stuff out there. I think the problem is you're not training on the phones well, and you're not answering your phone. So marketing's job is to get the phone to ring. That's it. So once the phone has rung or patients reach out to your practice, it's done its job. Where I think I see the ball getting dropped is we're not either, we're not answering our phones Monday through Friday, eight to five, or we're not training the team members on their intention of what they do with that phone call. So we, we see all the time, the brand new front office person, where do we put them when they first start on the phones? Oh yeah. Let's test them out on the phones. Let's see how they do. So we've got a brand new person, not trained on your practice, knows nothing about your office, scared, nervous, answering the phones. Now you just paid thousands of dollars for an SEO campaign, online marketing, whatever the phones are ringing and you've got somebody untested and trained answering your phones. So, my suggestion is if you're going to invest any money in marketing, that you also invest in getting your phones answered. If you don't have somebody outsource it, there are great companies now. Back in the day, I would say no because it was like an answering service. Now there are companies who will actually answer your phone and schedule patients for you. They understand how to convert new patients and then train any team members answering the phone on handling the, the calls because they're, the phone is almost like a nuisance to them because we're doing 16 other things when really that phone is your lifeline to the outside. So my focus would be if you're going to spend money on marketing, make sure you're spending money or an investment on your phones, you know, getting your phones answered, tracking your calls and making sure that your team is doing a good job converting new patients. Great advice. What's your favorite way to relieve stress? Uh, working out now. Good. Yeah. I mean, I have got, I did, I probably wouldn't have said that prior to COVID. <laughs> like, but I literally the one hour a day where I can, because front office rocks. I mean, we're working 24 seven right now. Cause we are online and everyone's like, Hey, what's this online training in our industry? We've never seen this before. I'm like, we've been around for a while. So we've been super, super busy, which is great. And it's been stressful for everybody. I've not gotten a break. And so that tra- traveling and, and working out like, You know, I love to disconnect and go see the world, but working out if it's something I can do easily just to get through stress. Good for you. Do you have a guilty pleasure
0: or a secret dream that you'd like to share?
1: Well, I'm... (laughs) You may not want to share, huh? Yeah, no, actually, I mean, we're here. So as you said, I'm getting married in July um and i have two kids 20 and 19 and so i look forward to being a grandma one day that was always been i think every mom's one day kind of a thing not for a while but one day but my fiance has three girls and so now i have five between them and so two are married or getting married and three are inco- so like i think there's going to be a lot of grandkids around this house one day and so that's something that i don't want to rush it i'm not looking for you know for for it to happen anytime soon but i i'm secretly happy that um so exciting yeah you know the second best job ever (laughs) first
0: was having my daughter but the second best job was my grandson being born oh my gosh
1: and i see that with my parents and my because my like i said my kids 19 and 20 and i was an only child and so my mom now, my mom and dad now have my kids and they're like best friends and they moved my parents moved to california with us so they're here local and so I just, I mean, it's hard to be a parent. I mean, it's hard, right? But I think grand, being a grandparent is just kind of the bonus, the icing on Absolutely. The cake. But Absolutely. But again, in case my daughter ever watches this, and not in any rush, she's the one that's married at this point. So no rush, <laughs> but when we get there, I'll be excited about it. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope that it comes at
0: the perfect time, and I'm sure it will. And when it does, I'm telling you, your feet will never touch the ground again.
1: I bet. How old is your grandchild? Uh, He's going to be two in
0: July. And he is just a love. I haven't seen him since COVID. I tried to see him last week. I had to stay far enough away from him six feet away. And every time he turned around, he wanted to run to me and hug Mimi. And it was I had to finally leave. I left crying because I said, Oh, my God, this is too hard. I can't be this close to him and not hug him and give him a kiss. And
1: smooch him and oh god it was just really hard so yeah it's been a difficult time kudos to your daughter too i watch i mean my kids are older and they understand COVID. i couldn't imagine having a little child that germs and touching things and seeing grandma and all of that like and not wearing a mom. mask and you know he refuses to put one on
0: and you know so it's hard so they have to kind of stay in and and do things a little bit differently and i'm sure because they're so used to being social and out and about and doing things and having a million kids in their house, you know, that it's hard for them because, you know, they're feeling like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do with him today? Or, you know, and they both work full time. They both have been working from home for a long time. My daughter more so than my son-in-law, my son-in-law, since all of this happened and they, have had to figure out a schedule where, you know, every afternoon after the nanny leaves, you know, one of them takes care of
1: of the grandson. And, you know, it's just, it's an interesting, interesting thing, you know? Well, that's the, like we said earlier, that there's a story behind every one of us. Um, There's a story behind every one of our patients. So I think so many times we live in a dental box where we're just so you know, we know, we know this, we know the schedule, we know the insurance, we know the codes, we know this, but we forget that our patients are people, our team members are people, our dentists are people, we all have stories. So if nothing else, hopefully this is a wake-up call to, you know, I don't want to live in drama land and hear about everything that happened every single morning at your house, but I do want to appreciate that you're a single mom, and you have three kids, you have to get off to school every morning, and maybe I'll take it a little easier on you the first 20 minutes so you get coffee in your system, right? Just right, right. taking that into consideration. All right.
0: Well, Laura, it has been an absolute honor for me to get to know you a little bit better. And I really appreciate some of the things that you shared with us today, because I do hope that in one way, shape or form, it does help a young woman out there someday to, you know, to understand that, you know, yeah, things are hard. And
1: sometimes, you know, the skies are gray, but the blue sky always comes. Right? Yep, yeah, exactly. Do what you need to do to take care of you. Trust your gut, get smart people around you. I appreciate this. I'm so glad you and I got a chance to meet before all of this. So I look forward to doing more and more with you. Speaking of working with smart people, this will be fun. Well, thanks,
0: thanks. I can't wait to have you come and join the study club. So.
1: Me too, getting on a plane at some point
0: again. (laughs) There you go. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in Dentistry podcast with Dr. MJ Hanlon. If you like our show and want to know more about us, check out our website, thewomenindentistry.com, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us for our next episode as we bring you another amazing woman leading the way for the next generation.